Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast, as always, presented by Illegal Pete's. Great show for you guys today. We've got Andy Feinstein on. If you don't know Andy, some call him the big stiff. He is one of the originators of Denver Nuggets content. He founded the Denver Stiffs blog way back in the day. It's just a wealth of information about Nuggets history, past Nuggets players, teams, a 2009 team, of course. We've obviously been talking about that team with the DNVR Watches series that we've got ongoing. So Andy and Adam have a great discussion about a number of different topics, a little technology, a little 2009, a little Michael Jordan documentary. So a wide-ranging discussion there. And then myself, Brendan, D-Line, we join the show with some DNVR members and then the steps as always. Before we get started, though, guys, great time to get involved with Manscaped. I mean, what else are you doing right now? Home, all day. A great opportunity to fine-tune your Manscaping skills. And Manscaped, it's the best razor out there. It's not some $40 or $50 razor that you're going to buy and, you you know, you're going to have to replace it in a couple months. Manscaped is the real deal. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved, the refined Lawnmower 3.0. I mean, this thing is a sexy piece of technology. You can get the Perfect Package 3.0 for 20% off using code DNVR20 plus free shipping. You also get a free carrying case, which might be the best part of the package outside of the Lawnmower 3.0. Obviously, you need the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a necessity. It's what you buy the thing for. But the carrying case, you can use it for your manscaping products. You can use it for just your toiletries if you're going out of town. So... Perfect Package 3.0, could not recommend it anymore. Go on to manscaped.com and use code DNVR20. You guys will get 20% off plus free shipping. And I am joined today for a Big Stiff Summit with the OG Big Stiff himself, Andy Feinstein. Andy, welcome into the show. I love our new uh, our new relationship. You know, this is called the social distancing, the Big Stiff version. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's right. Um, this is like everybody's, everybody's sort of interaction. Now, I went out today. I went to Ace Hardware because yeah. I needed something for my yard, and it was weird. It's almost bizarre going out these days. Uh, I take a long walk every day, and uh, as always, we're not going to have enough time to talk about all the things I'd like to talk about, but I, <laughs> I think that uh, as tragic as this has been, and it's very tragic, and, and we can talk about the, the down parts of this, but the up parts, the positive parts are I think that um, maybe we were due for a little bit of a reset on how we think about the environment and how we think about capitalism, and um, I take an hour and a half walk every day, and I never did that before. So, yeah. and there was no excuse not to do that. I just take meetings while I'm walking on the phone. Yeah. And uh, that's something that I would encourage everyone to do. And someone who's a, who's a transportation guru told me that if uh, everyone worked from home one day a week, not weekends, but one day a week, Monday through Friday, Denver would not have the congestion problems that it has. 
And so what we're going to do at my company is we're going to allow every employee to pick a day that they work from home. It can be any day that works best for their schedule. Um, we just got to make sure that certain people are in the office at certain times. But when, we're, when this is over, we're going to do our part. And I hope everyone does their part because it sure is nice to take walks and it sure is nice to see a blue sky and not see so many cars on the road. I love that idea, the the one day a week. I, I think everybody, that's one thing we've learned is like everybody's adapted to this work from home environment. My wife has been home now for like eight weeks and yeah. um, you realize, yeah, that it's just, it is doable. And it's funny you say the walks part because for me, it's been similar. I live in the suburbs and there's parks everywhere out here, but we they're always empty because people just don't use them. And it's kind of been funny to see everybody using the park slightly yeah. and, and out and about. Um, so I, there are little things that you look at and you go, oh, yeah, we should be taking advantage of these things we never do. Um, but we have so much to get to that. I, I, as much as I love this conversation, I do want to move it on because we're going to we have three main topics before we bring in the other guys. Um, the, the first one's going to be 2009 Nuggets. I want to talk about the Michael Jordan documentary. And then I want to, the meat of this conversation is actually going to be about Microsoft's new deal with the NBA, which nobody's talking about. And I find it really, really interesting. I think you're the perfect person to talk to. But we've been doing the rewatch of the 2009 playoffs. And the number one takeaway I have, I know you know this this um, whole playoff run, all of the series very, very well. The number one thing I take away from I never thought the Nuggets had a chance. When I was watching it live, I didn't. When I tell people stories about it, I don't. I say, oh, yeah, but they ran into the Lakers. They were never going to win. Rewatching it, they should have won. I don't know if they should have won, but. Um, they could have won. Yeah, yeah so they could have. And you know, I lived in L.A. at the time, uh, back and forth from Denver. That was that was the year, 2009, that I transitioned to move back here. Uh, you know, I think longtime followers of yours and mine may know I'm a fifth generation Denverite. But I did live in L.A. for 10 years from uh, 98 to 08 full time. So I was there the entire Kobe Shaq uh, era, the post Kobe Shaq era, the Kobe Gasol era. And I went to all six of those games. And I think it's game one um, where the Nuggets should have stolen that one, the game one in LA. And I think they had an inbound lob pass problem and uh, (laughs) it cost them the game and they stole game two. They came back here. Did they lose game three, but they won game four? Yes, but game three, this is what's funny. You and everyone else and myself all remember the game one throwaway. The game three throwaway was worse. It was the same thing. It was an inbounds play gone awry, and it was closer. I think there was 30 seconds left. Nobody talks about it. And I have begun kind of joking about how Anthony Carter's been the scapegoat. I only everybody only remembers that one play, but I'm telling you, game thir- three yeah. to me yeah. was more of a disaster. No, I'm no basketball coach, okay? Okay. Sure, you don't want a guy who's six feet tall. Right. Throwing uh, an inbound pass against the guy who's six eleven. Now I, I'm not a coach, yeah. but <laughs> it's a strategy. So so uh here's here's a story. I think I can tell this story now. Um, <laughs> I love this. years game five is in LA. And if you remember game five, it's pretty close at halftime. Yeah. And then the second half, the nuggets imploded, Yeah, imploded in LA. So a very good friend of mine, I will not mention his name, longtime season ticket holder who uh, lived in LA back and forth. Like I did was out the night before that game at some private party till the wee hours. And uh, he told me that Kenyon Martin, Carmelo Anthony, and J.R. Smith were at that party. Okay. <laughs> the night before, the night before game five. So 
Wow. I, I use the word allegedly because I don't want to, you know, accuse anyone of anything. But but I have on very good authority that those guys were out late and the night before game five. And wow. They just ran out of gas uh, halfway through that game. They got smoked in the second half. And I do remember game six back here. And I remember um, almost like a, an old boxer, a veteran boxer. I felt like Kobe really rope-a-dope does because Kobe didn't do much until like the second half of game five. And then game six, he came out and he basically said, you know what? Yeah. We have a game seven. Every night we have a second half. And he just <laughs> decimated the nuggets. It was, a, it was a Michael Jordan type performance, game six. Yeah. And I remember being so disappointed at these fair weather Nuggets fans who probably didn't go to that many games that season, did show up for game six and left like after the third oh. quarter, like walked out. And I remember writing about that and just being so upset. And I remember my, my colleagues at the time, Jeff Morton, Nate Timmons, uh, we were all really, really pissed uh, that the fans left. And I just thought, you know what, this is why you know, Denver's not going to, you know, we're not, we're not Boston. We're not Philly. Like yeah. not, that wouldn't happen in those other markets. So but so uh, anyway, uh, unbelievable, you know, in, in the history of the Nuggets, that's the closest they've ever gotten to a finals. Because- I think you saw, so you, you know, lived through it and more intimately know the 80s teams. Who was closer, 2009 or 85? I mean, some some people will say the 85 team was, was closer. What do you think? Wow. The 09 team won two games, the 85 team won <laughs> one game. I think the problem with 85, and I, I – Gosh, my memories. I need Jeff Morton here right now. Uh, 85, I think Alex English broke his hand um, at some point in that series, and that just, that just cost him. I'd have to pull up the series record on basketball reference, but I was 10 years old, so I don't really remember all that vividly. But uh, yeah. I think Alex English broke his hand in that series, and that cost him big time. Because yeah. uh, a lot of Nuggets, like talk to Sandy Clough, guys who really know their stuff from that era will tell you that was the better team. Versus the the 09 team had the benefit of going through a very weak Hornets team. Oh yeah, weak Mavericks team. The matchup set up perfectly for for the Nuggets that year, and um, and Kobe was just at his apex. He really was, and uh, Kobe wasn't going to lose that series. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. He had a he had a really crazy shot at the end of. Uh, it, 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 I could have won, but we shouldn't have won. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Could have won. Wasn't you know? I'll, I'll tell you another story. Uh, 08, the year before, uh, the first round, Lakers are the one seed, Nuggets are the eight. I was in L.A. with my brother, who's a Benedict Arnold Lakers fan. <laughs> and he says, you won't believe That's it. The worst. My brother got invited to the Lakers end of season party. This is 08. And I wrote about this. And my brother and I went to the Lakers end of season party in L.A. at some swanky bar. And the entire Lakers team was there, except for Kobe. He never showed up, which I thought was really interesting. <laughs> this wasn't like a public thing. It was a very private party. All the Lakers players yeah. were there with their wives and their girlfriends and their friends and their agents and stuff. And I remember I was there for three hours. The whole team was there for three hours. It was the end of the season party, 08. Lamar Odom, uh, I, I remember him nursing one glass of champagne in his hand the whole night. I didn't see a sip of alcohol because I you know I'm a bar. <laughs> I pay attention to these things. Yeah. And a single Laker player, not Derek Fisher, not Pau Gasol. None of those guys had a drink in their hand other than water the entire night. And I remember writing about that in 08 and saying, you know what, they're gonna smoke us in the first round because that Nuggets team had Kmart and JR <laughs> and Allen Iverson and Mello, who put a premium on party over performance and they got smoked. 
in that playoff yeah. series. So that Lakers team was just much more professional than our Nuggets. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, guys. Yeah, I think you're probably right about that. Look at this great note from Harrison. He has a he has a piece coming out tomorrow. He yeah. talked to Kenyon Martin today, and he has a he has some interesting quotes from from Kenyon about that series. So by the way, I have uh, I've bumped into Kenyon a few times in the last year or so, and uh, I always reintroduce myself. I'm not sure he knows who I am. Kenyon has turned out to be just an unbelievably, wonderfully nice person. And I know he's trying to break back into the NBA, and I hope he gets an opportunity because Kenyon's really just a big, big teddy bear. So I'm a big Kenyon fan. And, you know, Kmart, even though I'm disappointed when I heard that story about those guys being out partying uh, before game five, and maybe it is true, maybe it's not true. But Kmart was the engine of that, uh, of the defensive engine of that 08 09 team. He yeah. was, was the defensive quarterback, and he basically played center. You know, him and Nene had to play a lot of center that year. So, yeah, the tough toughness too. Like, just brought a lot of the the on court at least toughness. Yeah. Um, so I take it you've been watching the Michael Jordan documentary. I mean, everybody on earth is. I I assume it's not long enough. How are they going to do this? <laughs> ten episodes? They need thirty. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, what are your thoughts about it so far? Uh, to me, it's some kind of cements in our mind, uh, why Michael Jordan is the greatest player ever. I mean, I know that a lot of LeBron people want to say it's LeBron, maybe some Kobe people want to say it's Kobe, but, um, Michael Jordan was, uh, he was like a a chromosome away from being almost like a serial killer, you know? (laughs) And I I mean that as a compliment. I mean, that as a compliment, I, I think that I, it just brings me back to why he was, head and tails above everybody else. I mean, watching that, watching the mixtape of the 86 playoff game um, where he smokes the Celtics for 63 in the old Boston Gardens. And they, you know, he had 49 the game before. And what they don't tell you about is game three, the Bulls got their butts kicked and he was an assist shy of a triple-double. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was having 28 points a game as a rookie. Uh, and, and, and you know, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed the discourse though. I got to say this, I've enjoyed the discourse about people starting to contrast it with like, okay, we have to pick a, there, there's certain narratives that have evolved over time. One, he was golfing with Danny age in that series. Right. And that, that was the big story. I and people shocked because they always talk about how the guys today are boys. But the guys uh, are yep. boys. And I don't know what the best part of that story is. Is it that, is it that Jordan was golfing with Ainge? Or is it Ainge, who's a devout Mormon, was gambling on the golf course? Yeah. <laughs> I which part of that story was better. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that was funny because, again, you always hear the stories. I would have never had dinner or this or that. Yeah. Like, okay, all right, let's – the most competitive guy was doing this. Now, maybe he was trying to get an edge. Who knows? Didn't work, whatever. Um, but uh, also just the idea of like, oh – they lost, they got swept, but you know what? He was great. And look, I think that's the right answer. But it's so funny because nowadays players never get that benefit of the doubt. It's all, it doesn't matter what they did, this Herculean effort. They should have won. And, and so I just, it's kind of nice because Mike is the one guy. And look, I love Mike too. I'm a, I'm a big MJ guy as well. But it's the one, it's the one thing that I'm like, all right, if, if he gets the pass for this, we just need to give all the guys a pass for, for a team game when the team fails. Yeah, I, fair enough. That's fine. Um, I, I think that the, just from a production standpoint, the documentary is so well done. Yeah. I love those documentaries. I mean, I thought the Bad Boys documentary was great. The Vladi Divac draws in Petrovic. If you haven't seen it, if you yeah. haven't seen it, I think that's a must watch. Um, I love those documentaries. You know, the Lakers Celtics five part series that they did was exceptional. I mean, these, the, whoever produces this stuff. Oh, Reggie Miller versus the Knicks was brilliant. 
I mean, these are just really, really well produced uh, documentaries. But, you know, it brings you back to a different era. You know, I always said, this is probably a little bit of a controversial statement, but I always thought that Michael Jordan's first three championships were actually more impressive than his second three championships because the NBA expanded from 23 teams to 29 teams between 1988 and 1995. And, you know, and on top of that, you saw a lot of raw European players. You saw a lot of raw high school players coming into the NBA around 94. Yeah, yeah. I agree, yeah. I mean, that Bulls team just feasted on – I mean, really, if you think about it, it's Michael Jordan. It's a half season of Scottie Pippen. It's a it's a knucklehead Dennis Robin and a bunch of stiffs. I mean, that team <laughs> would make the Denver Stiffs Hall of Fame if they played in Denver. You're sure. Bill Wennington, Luke Longley, uh, yeah. even in the uh, African-American players on the team were stiffs. Dippy Sim- Dickie Simpkins. Um, if your name is Simpkins, <laughs> you got to be on the stiff list. I mean, it was they still had some players though. Let's not kid ourselves. They still have horrors. Daffy, I mean, come on, that, come that on, team man. had a lot of stiffs. But um, and in the games back then, one thing I do remember is it was the NBA was tough to watch. I mean, yeah. you they were winning games like eighty four to seventy eight. Uh, I love somebody uh, put that on there. They said, "Oh man, I was getting so hyped at some of these highlights, and then they flash to the score, and it's eighty to seventy eight. Yeah. <laughs> games were a grind." Um, but uh, look, it's not just like it's not Bill Russell's fault that he played an era where there are eight other teams in the NBA. Michael Jordan played when he played. He was six for six. He was six for six. Yeah. Um, and uh, I actually have renewed respect for him uh, as if that is needed. But uh, with Pippen missing half the season, for them to get back there, that's incredible. That's yeah. just incredible. I can't wait. I'm telling you, man, I, I can't. I, LeBron's my guy. Um, you know, I used to be a huge Kobe fan. I used to now obviously a huge Jokic guy. LeBron was my guy for a long time, and I just can't wait till I'm telling the youngins about LeBron. And, well, the and they're thing, trying to argue with me about Zion Le- or whoever's next. The one thing LeBron has in common with Jordan um, is he wants to play every game. Yeah. And they deserve a lot of credit for that. They, those two recognized that. And Kobe was the same way. You got your money's worth when Kobe played. You get your money's worth when LeBron plays. They know that they could be playing in front of someone for the first time ever. And it's unfortunate that a lot of players don't have that mentality. And I think that's the one thing that kind of ties Michael to Kobe to LeBron is, um, is that mentality that, you know, you're getting paid to play. We're going to play every minute. I mean, Kobe shot free throws after he ruptured his ace, his Achilles tendon. I mean, <laughs> these guys are tough, tough guys. And, you know, what LeBron was doing this season, and it's so sad that it's been cut off, um, was remarkable. But I did look back. I mean, Michael Jordan was 34 years old and he averaged 28 points yeah. a game in that season, you know, in 1997-98. 35 oh, feels like the cutoff, though, doesn't it? Like 30, it. 36, 37, now you're just kind of like, okay. You know, I, right. I don't know. I like Carl Malone between 36 and yeah. 37, Akeem Olajuwon between 34-35, Krim Jabbar between 35-36. You yeah. do start to see a precipitous drop-off. Even Scottie Pippen. Um, you know, he finally gets paid, but his, his numbers were nothing what they were in his late twenties. So you, I see a comment here. Jokic definitely doesn't have that. Look here. All I'll say is more than people think more than people realize. Maybe we'll talk about that when the guys come on, um, you know, Jokic's strange and unique mentality. But, um, what I really want to talk about with you, I sent you an article, you checked it out today. Uh, Ben Thompson runs a site, Stratechery. It's a fantastic site. He's an incredibly smart guy about the future of tech and just really, um, 
you know, really just about the future in general and what's coming up. And this has gone so under the radar, and I'm surprised by it, but the NBA has announced a new partnership with Microsoft. And it's a really interesting, all-encompassing partnership. It's not like they're a sponsor. It's not like what it really is, what I gather. And you could tell me if you gathered something different. I feel like the NBA is partnering with Microsoft on a completely new sort of digital experience. And not even just digital. I mean, we're talking about every way you consume broadcasts and any NBA media. It looks like the NBA is trying to form a foundation for for what that is. I mean, am I paraphrasing? It's hard to paraphrase because it's kind of outside the box, some of the plans that Adam Silver has talked about. But is that a broad stroke definition of what of what you read? Uh, well, I, first of all, I, as a tech enthusiast I, and a disruptor, I like to think of myself as a disruptor, although maybe I'm getting too old to be a disruptor. Um, I, I I love a lot of the, the, the concepts they're talking about there. You know, I, I was, and as I was reading the article, I'm thinking about, I was, here's what I thought about as I'm reading that article. Um, this, do you have the Saturday Night Live app on your phone or iPad by chance? No. So you can you can call up any Saturday Night Live episode ever made, ever. And you can search by year or you can search by star. And yeah. I thought, here we are in 2020, no. on lockdown, and how clunky and stale is the NBA's technology? I should be able to go on to NBA Plus or whatever the hell they're going to call it. <laughs> and I should be able to type in Alex English, 1985, and watch any Alex English game. They have it all digitally recorded anyway. How do, how do you think ESPN pulls up all those highlights? Well, I wonder what the rights, if there's like rights restrictions um, there. There are rights restrictions, but that's all... Yeah. To be figured out and rights restrictions expire. And one line that Adam Silver has in there that I absolutely love, and I'm not going to quote it right. He says something like, our problem is that we broadcast one way to everybody, something like that. Yes. As opposed to broadcasting it the way you want to see it. And um, I think that what this uh, lockdown, whatever you want to call this, uh, shelter in place uh, situation is teaching us is that the NBA needs to have its library at our fingertips as fans. The NBA needs to think about either less fan, no fans or reduced fan game situations. They did talk four or five years ago about virtual reality that you and me, Adam, could yeah, right. and watch an NBA game. And I know they like, and Adam Silver has another great line, although I'm surprised he said it. He says, you know, 99% of our fans will never walk into an arena. Yeah. I've talked for years about suckers like me who overpay for season tickets. And wouldn't it be nice if it was, 300 bucks for the season, uh, you know, and I can watch any game anytime from courtside with a headset on. And so I think you need to really start thinking about that. Technology. Well, I wonder if the tech is there for that because there seemed to be a really big sort of like VR moment. This is like 2015 or 16 where it was like, okay, yeah. this is right around the corner. And it really hasn't taken off the way it was projected to even five years ago. I mean, gaming was supposed to be all VR sure. and, and all these things. So I wonder if it's like, you know, that was the test and they're like, okay, we don't quite have the bandwidth for that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what through the bandwidth issue. I don't, think they didn't want to cannibalize their television partners. They didn't want to cannibalize those people like me who buy season tickets. I don't know what the issue was, but I would, uh, I would expedite the technology now. Well, uh, so that's, what's interesting about this. And here's one thing I take away. I think the NBA knows you can't, it's not like back in the day where the only way you can watch this game is if you turn your dial to channel 40 or whatever it is and that's the only way you can get it but guys illegal streams they're everywhere the highlights they're everywhere and trying to, to squash those i think they just realize that's not the answer as maybe a short-term answer but it's not the long-term one this deal with microsoft what i find so interesting 
he it sounds like Adam Silver and the NBA's vision for this is that everybody can create their own experience. And I have some theories about this. I have I have some theories about right now you can watch a Nuggets game and I can watch a Nuggets game and you will consume different things while I'm consuming different things while we watch that. So for example, I might be on Twitter or Reddit or be here or there or checking out this highlight or talking to these people and you might be in a completely different space. I think the NBA is building the infrastructure to where you will have the Andy Feinstein broadcast and it's going to have the game, but maybe you like this angle and not that angle. So you, you, you can have as much customization as you want. There'll probably be still an altitude out there or a TNT that can automatically do this if you're, if it's too involved for you to customize it too much. But if you say, Hey, I want to see that replay and I want to see it from this angle. I think you're going to be able to do that just to click here, click there. It could be on your TV or computer, whatever, and, and get the replay that you want on demand the way you want it. All the above, all the above. And uh, do you have Amazon prime video at home by chance? I do. If you're watching Amazon prime video, let's say you're watching a movie or a TV show and you hit the pause button. Uh, it shows you who the actors are, yes. who scored the music. It has some factoids about where they filmed that episode. You can click on those. You can go to Wikipedia. You can learn more. I see it as that kind of an interactive experience. Like there's so many times I'm watching a game and it's like, oh, where'd that guy go to college? And right. you know, wouldn't it be cool to just to your point, you know, I'd love to see a highlight of him or what's his Twitter handle and, and uh, things of that nature. So uh, it's coming. I think the technology is here. I'm questioning why it's taking so long, but I think it's here. I do think the NBA needs to really think about um, if they can just figure out the testing and the quarantining and stuff, I do think they should think about a way to get back and play wow. with no fans. And what I would recommend is they play with no fans, they broadcast it, and every dollar raised goes to COVID relief. And, that- and there's there's so many logistics to this, though. I mean, I think the NBA would love to take you up on that. I mean, they would love to get the games going for a million different reasons. But- yeah. I mean, I think it's, I've read a couple things that it's just so complicated to do. It sounds like you just lock these guys up, but I mean, there's food deliveries and every, I mean, the security and everything else. It's just such a huge it is. project. It takes is one person getting it and it's, and it's ruined. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, Hey, look, we, I own, I own an event center. I own, I, I own <laughs> yes. you know, our business model is predicated on a thousand people, maybe 3000 people if we're lucky getting together in a box. And, um, our, our, the whole business of assembly, which really sports is part of, is in big trouble, um, is, is in big trouble. And, yeah. uh, and I ho- it's not permanent, but uh, a day will come when we have vaccines and we can go out to games again. We can go out to concerts again and events again. But I fear that could be uh, a long ways away. Yeah. I don't want to move on, though, from what we're talking about this broadcast, because to me, I've had this vision for probably about a year and I'm going to I'm going to throw some things out at you. You, you can tell me how viable or, or likely you, you see these scenarios, because you mentioned stats. I think that's I think there's very likely this broadcast. It's the actual physical everybody doing the work, all the cameras, whatever, um, taking stats, all of that stuff. But I think that you can even customize it. Say you like advanced stats you want to see people's true shooting percentage. So you customize the stats that are shown and brought up and the score and this or that, the likelihood of you to win. Maybe you want to check your fantasy team and you could, you know, it highlights which players on the court are on your team and on the opposing team or whatever. I I think those things, those features are also coming and those will be like no brainers. You just let you, you basically opt in to fantasy and upload your team. What do you think of that? Fantasy, but how about real gambling? 
Of course, exactly, exactly. Taylor's been, Adam Taylor, sorry, Adam Silver has been way, way ahead of the has been way ahead of the curve on gambling, um, and it's almost like when you look at your E Trade screen and you're a stock trader and you have the all the analysis and all the advanced data on the companies you want to invest in at your fingertips. It's going to be kind of similar to that. You can kind of assess. You could probably bet on quarters. You oh know, sure. You, oh, yeah. I, I think you can bet on next basket. Like right. I, I've, I've heard that the real time betting from your phone in the arena, you could sit there and say, "I'll bet you out of this timeout they miss." And what's the percent bucks. chance that the next basket's going to be uh, shot by Jamal Murray as opposed to Nikola Jokic? Because basically, yeah. and stats as you go from the third quarter to the fourth quarter, there's a forty percent chance that Jamal Murray gets the first shot. And totally, to be a lot of that stuff. So you know, at some point, it may become a little bit of overkill. But I think the basic example is, uh, like I said, I think the Amazon Prime example, the Saturday Live app example, uh, this stuff should be at our fingertips. I mean, we are in quarantine right now. I shouldn't be lucky enough to watch. Uh, I thought of you, by the way, the other day. They had the association on NBA TV over the weekend. I meant to text you. Uh, you remember the association? Yeah, they I don't. Went, it was a full uh, cameras on the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For the entire... It's like hard knocks kind of, but for basketball. Right. Yeah. So to dial that stuff up, I shouldn't just stumble upon it on NBA TV. That should be our fingertips. Oh, they do such a bad job. And you mentioned the apps and stuff. So this was all Turner. I mean, they ran the league pass apps, which is basically your, your television app, right? Like they, they, the app on your phone, these were all terrible. And Adam Silver basically said as much in, in his interview that just, or admitted as much that they've really dropped the ball on the NBA. So progressive and their apps are so archaic. Um, here's, so I have this comment here from David East, which I just love. Can we get a modest Feinstein broadcast? And this brings me to what my next point is. I actually predicted this. I think this will happen the same way that you could follow anybody on Twitter to comment on a game. And if you're really into gaming, you can hop on Twitch and hear anybody talk about a certain event in real time, meaning you're turning the volume off your TV, you open up, you know, Periscope or whatever, and you hear people talk about it. I think that's actually the future, and I think it's part of this, where you and I could be watching the same game, and you're listening to Marlowe and Hastings, and I'm listening to Vote and Wind. Exactly. And somebody else is listening to two comedians, and there's all these different people that can create their own broadcast, and if they're popular enough, they maybe can keep it going and and monetize it or whatever. Gosh, I, uh, you know, Scott Hastings is a personal friend, so I mean, (laughs) I answer this question. that he's be- a friend of mine too this isn't i'm not gunning for his gig here i just think it's the future wouldn't that be cool and why not i mean what, by the way what's the difference you know like i started denver stiffs in 2008 and um i didn't have an official license to cover the basketball for the nuggets there you know it's public entertainment i can watch the same broadcast you can watch and i basically created a newspaper from scratch it just happened to live on a digital platform called the internet right 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 and why not? Why couldn't you and I uh, broadcast a game together? And because people really want to hear our banter and our sarcastic view of things and so forth. And I think that's really, really interesting. Um, First of all, Andy, you can't stop it. So right now, there there are people who do what's called second screen, which is 
we would open up. It could be us like right now. There's a Nuggets game. We can't show it, right? We can't have it in the background and live stream. You'd be illegal. But people will watch the game and then turn on a feed like this, and it is just us talking. That's not illegal. Somebody just put Danny, uh, Nate Duncan and Danny LaRue do this right now on Twitter where they basically have a camera on themselves calling a game. So it's already happening. And as platforms become more and more ingrained in our lives, you can't stop it. The question is, does the NBA want to create a platform where they can monetize it and own it? Or are they just going to let it happen on third-party platforms that they can't control? And to me, I think reading the article on Stratechery, this is exactly what Adam Silver is saying. We're just going to create an infrastructure to where we own it. Oh, I think it's, hey, look, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. That's basically sure. what with gambling, too. Uh, I love that idea. That's brilliant. Uh, I, mean, it's, I, I used to, um, I, this is what a nerd I am. My brother was a really good basketball player. Forget the fact that he was a Benedict Arnold. Uh, yeah. I'll never forget that, but okay. A really good basketball player. I mean, he was playing against uh, Chauncey Billups in like under 12 basketball games here in Colorado back in the day. And um, I used to broadcast his games. I used to sit in the stands and I would pretend I was Marv Albert or I'd pretend I was Al Albert, who was the Nuggets announcer. <laughs> and I would broadcast the games and I would, I would log the stats and um, I used to broadcast them and record them. And so if you could do that as an adult, or it doesn't matter if you're an adult or not, but if you can broadcast your favorite team's game, I think that's a brilliant con. Before we get back to the show, I know a lot of us out there have been home cooking meals every night, trying to save a little money. You know, that's not the worst thing in the world during a uh, global pandemic. I'm sure you guys have some significant others out there who are cooking up some great meals, some great lunches, some great breakfasts, some great dinners. This won't offend them. I guarantee you it will not offend them if you order some takeout, order some delivery from the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Give them a call, 303-803-1380. They're open from 12 to 8 p.m. for pickup. They'll even bring your to-go order out to your car uh, for pickup, so you don't even have to leave your vehicle. You can uh, pick up beer there as well, the Avalanche, the Carado Core, the Hot Peak IPA, Strawberry Skies, Vanilla Porter Juniors, so many more options as well. You can get that all at the Breck Brew Farmhouse. Awesome food uh, as well. Did I mention that? Your significant other, I guarantee you, will not be put off. They will not take it as a uh, shot against their cooking. Also, guys, MSU Denver Online has so many awesome classes that you guys can choose from. Here's where you got to go to check out their course catalog, msudenver.edu backslash online. You can check out their 750 classes that they offer there. They also offer 40 plus online and hybrid programs. And I know we got a young audience on this podcast. For first time freshmen, MSU Denver Online is an awesome place to get started, an awesome place to get your education. We're in uncertain times right now. And the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into various careers. Come and build your toolbox at MSU Denver Online. Also, if you're working a job right now, you can do both. You can work and go to class. MSU Denver Online can work with you to make sure that you have a schedule that accommodates for both those things. Make money and work while you're earning your degree. And like I said, they can work with you to make sure your your schedule allows you to work, keep your current job, keep your current hours there, and get a college-level education as well. msudenver.edu backslash online. That's where you can browse their entire course catalog. Check them out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's bring on some of the other guys here. We're going to keep this conversation going, but we're going to bring on uh, uh, the rest of the gang. What's up, gang? Hey! <laughs> What's up? 
seeing you, Harrison, and Brendan, and I know Eric would just, just reminds me of uh, the movie Gremlins when they drop the water on you and you move. Yeah. It's like, this is like X Denver Stiffs multiplying and moving <laughs> onto a digital platform. No, what no. I love is that you could see the exact age where that reference was, was landed. <laughs> yeah, I was stuff. like, yeah, awesome. I was like, wow, cool. Balls are popping out of Andrew's back and uh, yeah. Bart and, and yeah. Winder. <laughs> I have no idea what we're talking about. I'm, I'm gonna, Andy, I'm going to break the fourth wall here and fix something for you. If you scroll down on your, your computer and, and look at the little gear icon that says cam slash mic. Yeah. And then click click that, and then click on audio, and then click the box that says disable audio processing. It's, it's ducking, ducking you under, under every time somebody talks. Talk. So I had to break so the, fourth break the fourth wall. wall. <laughs> 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 All right, hey, it's getting on tech savvy. Uh, He's a disruptor, Adam. 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 By the way, I gotta say something because I've said this to Adam in private, but I haven't had a chance to say this in front of you guys. I am so proud of what you guys are doing with DNVR. I think it's incredible. I am so disappointed for you as a fellow bar owner that you haven't been able to open your bar yet. No, no actually, no, Andy, we were open for this. Okay. Well, yeah, I, said, I think you're echoing, man. I think we're all echoing. Yeah, there's a little bit of feedback here. Let's uh, see if we fixed it. Nope, we did not fix it. You can always isolate who it is. By my... It's Eric. It's Eric! It's Eric! Oh, my God. Eric, you're out of here. I'm, I'm personal friends with the team that uh, helped you guys put the NVR together. You're working with some really good friends of mine. You're working with some great people. And uh, this too shall pass. And I can't wait for a wings night with you guys at the bar. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wings, wings night. night. Any night at the bar is good. I can't, I can't wait, wait to watch, to watch like, like golf, golf at the bar. At the bar. Oh, and I, I hate, hate golf. golf. Adam, you're, 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 you, you still, still sound, sound like, like you're, uh, like, like I'm you're, you're a thousand, thousand leagues under the sea. This is terrible. It was, it was when, when Andy, Andy hit, hit that uh, that box on his computer. Oh yeah, it is Andy. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> exactly there we go. We're, We're good, good again. again. Oh wait. Oh, wait. Okay, you hit that box again and change it back, Andy. Because apparently, <laughs> apparently, whatever we did has completely ruined our our entire flow. Can I get an Man. apology from the from everybody? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. You're out of here, Eric. <laughs> Eric I'm telling you, Eric's got the fuzzy background. He does have a fuzzy background. Yeah, it is fuzzy. And all I want to say was, it's great to be with you guys, and uh, I think what you're doing is, is amazing, and, uh, and uh, we're rooting for you back at Extra Headquarters. I appreciate, we appreciate that so much, Andy. So, guys, um, I wanted, you guys have been listening in on the conversation a little bit about this idea of customization. So here's another thing I predict for it. I think that there will be an entire – I think the NBA is setting up for an entire third-party uh, industry whereby you could – you know. There's some new way to enhance a broadcast that we haven't thought of that some company can go in and, and um, you know, create something and say, hey, this would be really cool for the broadcast. Can we add it on? And, and the NBA will have the infrastructure to say, yeah, you can dock that right here and people can opt into it. So you were mentioning VR, but, um, you know, maybe it's some type of musical thing or, or, or animated thing or something like that to me. That it just makes a lot of sense. That's what the NBA is setting up. So there'll be whole new industries of people adding and creating broadcast ideas. What do you I, think on that? Uh, I I agree with that. I just think that uh, you know the whole notion of we need to sell tickets to eighteen thousand people is like we're talking like we're in the nineteen seventies. I, I think that uh, the the concept of selling your content to the entire world in a cost effective fashion and in a way that they can customize the experience for themselves. I mean, that's a multi-billion dollar idea, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was loving what uh, Adam was saying about 
you can have the Andy Feinstein broadcast. You can have the Adam Mara's broadcast, personalized broadcasts. And I was just like, there's just endless uh, amounts of opportunity with that. So many customization options. And then just like from a grand scheme of things on the current NBA broadcast, how is there not a live NBA box score that's just embedded on every broadcast? And we have to be on our phones or on our computer updating a box score while the game is going on to get the most up-to-date stats. Is that just not ridiculous in this day and age? It is, but at the same time, I think this is what is, is, is the future is where you can hit a button and the box score pops up on your phone. I mean, it just becomes a thing that you control the entire, your own broadcast. I want this highlight. Boom. Now, Doris Burke, get out of here. I don't want your sideline report yet. I want that here in a second. Okay, now I want the sideline report. Now it pops on your feed. I just think all of that is customized in the very near future. Yeah, what a great point. Totally Nobody had agree. anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think we're agreeing with you. Let's get it yeah. here. Do you, do you think... I mean, just uh, sort of philosophically, like, don't you think there's something, I mean, I don't know that this is a train that you can stop or something that we put back in the bottle, but isn't there something that's like a little bit lost by us not experiencing the same thing at the same time? Like, there's so many legendary calls that people wouldn't all get at the same time that uh, become talking points, become part of a legend, become part of uh, the storyline that, I mean, there's something about like the path that we're going down where everything is so... Um, clustered and, and so it creates it insulates you even more and more from absolutely the, the monoculture reduces but i think like you i think you said it that train has sailed right? yeah I, I i don't think it's even a question of whether or not this can be stopped it's just sort of you know <clears throat> i love the idea of being able to control everything but i also just love being sort of a passenger on a train that i have no control over and i i you know we all sort of get there together and um i don't know maybe it's a romantic notion uh that that once you are given all of these options, maybe you don't care anymore. Maybe yeah. it's better to just sort of control your own destiny, but I don't know. There's something, something a little bit romantic about the idea of us all experiencing the same thing at the same time. But I mean, the same thing is right now it's, it's everywhere in the world. It's your music. This is why, you know, there used to be the ba- the Beatles for a decade were the biggest band, everybody right now. It's like, you can know of some artists I've never heard of. And you have your group of people that love it. And, and that's just how it is. Sure. But I mean, that's not really, you know, but you're ta- you talk about the Beatles. I mean, there's certain there are the, the, the concert that they have at, had at the Met Stadium that was a cultural stamp and made, meant something to the country at large. You know, I mean, it's not like what we're talking about is a, a game that exists. There's 80 games a season. And so there are like doldrums in the NBA. There's games that don't really matter. There are people tune out um, and there are ways to sort of make it more engaging and more exciting. But um, I don't know. So, so maybe, and maybe it's this type of thing where like, as the games get bigger and the, the cultural footprint is larger, then we sort of find a convergence. We all do start to experience the same thing. And, and it's really more about like the season is allowed to be more a la carte that way. But I don't know. I mean, I and also I, I just feel like very old with this take, but <laughs> but I do. I, I mean, I do love the idea of being able to, you know, see the stats that you want to see. And, yeah. and what does it vote? You got I mean, something? I think monoculture may be dying, but shared experience is still happening, maybe Great. more than ever. You know, and so there there is still all this community building, and you may miss something, but now you have an ability to sort of catch up on it and digest it after the fact in a way you never have before. So. I see what you're saying, Eric, but I, I wonder if that's more of a romantic notion than like there, there's actual utility lost in losing that experience. I don't think this would like 
lose fans in the arena, would it? People would still go to games. I think people will always go to games. Right, yeah. You're still going to be able to pack a... In fact, I would argue, so I've always, uh, one thing I've written about or talked about for a long time is, and I, look, I pay for the tickets, and if I owned the building, I'd sell the tickets for as much as I could as well. But the problem is, is the tickets have become so expensive that it really prices out the average fan who makes for an in-person, boisterous, fun experience. Right. If more and more people do have VR, if more and more people can watch it from home, and if more and more people are afraid to go out because of, whatever the pandemic of the day is or the, yeah. or the uh, fear of the day is maybe just maybe if millions of people are watching it at home on VR, then those 18,000 people that are in there can get in there for 50 bucks a ticket, as opposed to 300 bucks a ticket. And it's an even better in-person experience. Or, I mean, if you guys the f- had uh, the opportunity to be at like, uh, you know, I've been in some, I've been in some barns around the country um, when the teams are good and there's just nothing quite like it. And Denver's really only had a smidgen of that experience, unfortunately. The, the flip side is the danger of the teams then just turning the entire arena into the Lexus Club, right? And so right. we'll cater yeah. to the working class people yeah. through the app and then we, but we'll sell these tickets at premium and, and we'll just make the in-person experience yeah. about the 1%. Yeah, and I think that actually just might be how it is. Um, I have some some things about this, but I'm going to bring in some guests now uh, as we're at the guest portion. And Cade, we're welcoming you back on, man. Cade, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? Pretty good. I'm going to throw something your way here, though. All of your guys' way, but I'll start with Cade, because here's another thing I thought about, another sort of app that you can add to this broadcast. What if you could just have either simulated crowd noise so that if you say, I'm a Denver Nuggets fan, let's pretend this is a Denver Nuggets crowd and the Nuggets score and a crowd cheers and you get that you get that ambience or ref makes a call and everybody boos. Or maybe it's a real, in real time, you're getting everybody's thoughts. So it, every, thousands of Nuggets fans watching together and you hear all of them talking into their headsets and it makes an arena. Or lastly, maybe you just say, I want to watch this game with Eric, Harrison, and Andy. And we're all online, and now it's just like it feels like I'm sitting next to those guys in an arena, and that's the experience you have. To me, again, this is another customizable broadcast you have. Cade, does this sound enticing to you? If you could, if you could create this feature for your broadcast, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, it's like what we do with like DNVR watches, right? Except it sure. would be it would be in real time, and we'd like be able to hear each other. So totally. I think that would be, that would be fun. I mean, it'd be it'd be like watch parties from a distance honestly well, what do you think the players would say to that well they well, wouldn't have a big party they they're still well, in d- front of an as arena. far as like well is the arena i mean who is the arena full of you know club lexus like people that no are problem. not actually that into it like the the simulated well, crap like the way to answer this is if this were to be the way that you consume games would you still go to pepsi center to watch the games in person absolutely and uh, you're I'm not alone I, you're not the only person on earth that feels the i mean that's like my basic philosophy on business right if you really love something somebody else out there probably Just does too. bring this back to uh, today i think that um it'll be interesting to see what happens with health guidelines and and eric if we can even go to physically go to games safely or if they're going to reduce occupancy and you got to sit in every other seat in every other row or something um now's the time guys i don't know if we're with the nba is listening but now is the time to um to try this new technology out. There's, I mean, this is a crisis. Yeah. And out of crises is born innovation. Totally. And now's the time to expedite the innovation. And Adam, you know what? I'm, I'm a, you've known me for a long time. I mean, Denver Stiffs is the embodiment of this. I'm a do it and, and it, 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 you know, fix it later if there's problems. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't know until you do it, until you give it a shot. And I don't think they should overthink this. I think they should roll the technology out soon um, and and start figuring this out. And and the one thing the, NFL, the NBA has done, uh, they it seems to me, to me at least, they've been light years ahead of their fellow leagues in terms of the embracing of technology, specifically social media. Um, but, you know, that's a 10-year-old story. So it's time for them to innovate again. Um, so I, I'm going to throw one more at you, Cade. One of my more, this is my wackiest idea of an app for this, but I think it's hilarious. I predict in the future in the, maybe the near future, five to 10 years, we will all star in our favorite movie. What I mean by that is, have you guys seen the technology that can take oh, your yeah. face features and plaster them onto anybody and it responds the same way? I think in the not too distant future, Cade Walker can take his face Put it on Tom Cruise's in Mission Impossible, and now, boom, Mission Impossible starring Cade Walker edits all the exact same. So I wonder, could you do this for your favorite NBA teams and say, you know what, it, it's Kobe versus LeBron, but tonight I, I want, or it's LeBron versus Zion, but tonight I want it to be Le, LeBron versus Sean Kemp. So I'm putting Sean Kemp's face on Zion tonight, yeah. and and, it, and it'll do it in real time. This is obviously outside the box, but. Uh, I've been visiting Mile High Green Cross a little too much, I guess. So. The, it's like deep, the, Chuck the deep fake NBA. Though, right? Like yeah. the futile exercise of what are the applications that we're not thinking of now? Right? Isn't the this, algorithm. I mean, it's not that, it's crazy, but it's not that crazy in sure, my opinion. Sure. Was yeah. this inspired by uh, Matthew Della Vadova uh, getting, uh, <laughs> being up against Jordan? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like that'd be cool for 30 seconds and then I'd be over it. <laughs> <laughs> be weird <laughs> or jerseys like okay think about it like i wish the nuggets were in the rainbow skyline you know what boom they're, they're in the rainbow skylines tonight and and they look awesome kate yeah. what do you think that, that that seems like we're bordering on the, the nice to have rather than the need to have <laughs> yeah, hey no. man is everything in your life a need to have come on i would say the, NBA. I would, the nba is falls under nice to have uh, i think right. i've actually been reading about this recently is how rapidly technology has advanced like as as a human race like over the past century or so like how quickly what, what, what is it called the uh it's exponential what is yeah it? Uh, yeah uh, yeah moore's law and, and yeah, yeah i think it's moore's law right and i think something like that might be sooner than than we could think because right now it sounds a little bit kind of like science fiction but it's um it's conceivable right and we have at least some sort some <laughs> Variants of the technologies to where um, it's possible. Oh the my crowd, god! Yeah, the crowd is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that would actually be a way to engage a whole new demographic. Oh, you know, I guess one of the fans now, though, it's faces only. Like you can't actually put MPJ on Tory Craig. You don't know. What do you know? Well, we have a, a queue of uh, of guests hanging on. So, Kate, I'm gonna I'm gonna swap you out here. Do you have All anything right. else before you go? Were you were you sitting on a question or something? Uh, no, I don't think so. Good. Okay. Love you, kid. Hey, Love you, kid. Isn't this funny? Everybody. Isn't this funny though? Like this is no. just basically the the collision course between esports and real sports. That where your real sports are starting to look more and more like video games, and you want the same level of yeah, yeah interaction, right. the same level of customization, and like at a certain point, like we won't be able to tell the difference. Oh, I, I, again, I, th I think it's coming. So David works in technology. He's the guy I go to when I have tech questions. So David's David probably already all... like developed this in the last like couple months. <laughs> yeah, Dave, let's see it. <laughs> Show it. Um, so Dave, tell me what, what the conversation so far. Um, are we just a little too stoned? No, that, that, this all sounds about right. Uh, 
sports is uh i like how you said like oh it feels like we're uh just like one contract away but it, but i don't know as a lifetime uh person in technology and a lifetime person watching sports it always feels like every contract you're like that's it direct tv no more sunday ticket and then yeah. like, oh no oh, oh no yeah, yeah. and so for me i like always see what's capable and then you see what's you know what actually yeah. happens with the contracts two different things yeah um is there any predictions you sort of had and, and by the way elias i see you you're up next so i see you in the queue there just hang tight you'll be on here in just a moment um but david uh are there any like additions you see? I mean, I sent you the article as well because I found it interesting. I don't know if you had it. Did I send it to you actually? You, you did. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> do you, I mean, what do, what do you think about just the future of NBA broadcasts? Um, I mean, I, I don't. I don't feel think, like. I don't think about it. I, I actually, I don't, but mostly because I think that on a on a personal level that it's very like, you know, it's very fair weather of like what happens on like pretty much to the year level of like, oh, people seem to like this or like, actually, this seems to be where the money is. So to me, it just feels like um, where the broadcast goes, like I personally, I love it if I get the fine scene, Mars, like, you know, you know, broadcast. But at the same time, I don't know, I don't hold out my breath for it. But, you know, we'll see like if, you know, the NBA feels the pressure to just let people do their thing but i don't know it's just hard to tell where the money goes yeah i just don't know if you can stop it we talked about this on one of our recent uh, big stiff summits and that is what happened with uh, comcast and direct tv this year you know way ahead of the game on this why weren't they innovating why do we have to you know plug a wire into our wall and have a box that broadcasts the game so there's somewhere between i think adam's uh very futuristic, but I think very realistic uh, uh, future. And uh, the, what we're currently doing now, which I don't think works. Right. You think that customization is a good thing. And you know what? As a, as a consumer, you can decide if you want to over-customize it or under-customize it. And uh, right. at least have those options. I can't imagine if the technology is all that complicated to implement. No. But I think you're right. It's always like levels of complexity, right? So you could just say, you know what? I don't want to mess with this. I just want the TNT. I want Charles Barkley. I want the crew and I don't want anything else. Or you can get way in the weeds and be changing all the changing people's faces. Like I'm <laughs> adding tattoos to birds. I, 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 I probably won't step into that part of it. You probably, you probably won't, but maybe somebody will. Um, go ahead. Uh, there's this level of consistency though that i think that everyone's looking for like at the end of every game everyone's like i want to hear what charles barkley has to say about you know like what Jokic did tonight and then you get so pissed if he's like oh really think that Jokic is really all that great you're just yeah. like you're so mad and like whether that was a great job <laughs> That felt like the future right now. Like all of a sudden, Charles Barkley jumped into this very stream. <laughs> but it's it's so true though. Like um, it's like that. Actually, one time when I was you know watching a game with my dad, my wife was like, "Why are you still watching this game?" And I'm like, "Oh no, they just won, so we have to see what happens now yeah. with the with the presser." And she's like, "But you saw who won." I'm like, ah, I know, I know. Yeah. But like, I've had I've had to explain the presser concept. <laughs> <laughs> gonna win so i have to see if they're smug or not and like watching retro nba draft 
<laughs> There's nothing quite like trying to explain sports to a, to an infidel, somebody who like has no concept. And you're like, because somebody at one point in time explained to me, they were like, you know, if somebody told me that sports were the most important thing or the least important yeah. thing, I would agree with either one of those assertions. That's about right. Yeah. You know what? I think sports, the Q score for sports is through the roof right now because there's oh so God. many people that are just like, man, I just want to watch something, just some game that I don't know the outcome to and care. It's, yeah. I think people are going to be very, very into sports whenever this is all over, uh, even more so than before. David, anything you have to say before you you, you, you peace out? Uh, no, y'all doing great things. Good, good to see you again, Andy. Doing your thing, David. Good <laughs> to see you. And uh, one thing we got to work on with these guys is their backgrounds. Uh, I know. Well, it, it, I've, I know. I've explained I, this. Um, I can't help. I'm looking at his bathroom or his kitchen, uh, Brandon. Really? I've got well, all, Andy, you're not, not going. We, we have to play a game real quick with Elias, who's up next. Um, we're going to play a game. So we got like five more minutes, but I'm saying goodbye to David to make room because we can only have one guest. I'm going to take you to build sports collectibles and we're going to dress you up properly. Andy, I've, I've explained this to these guys before. I live Ooh. in a one bedroom apartment. I don't have a lot of available wall What's space. Up, it's, uh, hey. it's a lot easier said than done. Before we get back to today's show, Denver Rubber Company said it once, I'll say it again. They're the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects. Whatever you guys are doing around the house these days, you never know. Denver Rubber Company might be able to help you out. They can definitely help you out with custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. Everyone needs a custom hose for their backyard these days. Also, snow is obviously still here, and you guys know Denver Rubber Company. They're your one-stop shop for anything that has to do with snow plows, their blades can be cut to any length and slotted to meet your exact specifications. I guarantee you guys, if you're doing something around the house, just give Denver Rubber Company a call. They'll be able to help you out. They'll be able to get you the materials that you need. 1-800-259-0010 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR. Tell them who sent you. Elias, welcome into the broadcast, man. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good. Where are you watching from? Uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Nice. Oh, oh, wow. yeah. two, two days yeah. in a row that we have somebody from Raleigh, North Carolina. Eric, is that you? You, you always have police outside your house. Is there something I need to know? You could take a guess. <laughs> okay, you know what? Actually, don't answer that. You're muted. Um, so, Elias, do you have any... First of all, we're going to we're gonna play the steps here in just a second, but do you have any questions that you, that you wanted to ask or, or, or topics you wanted to discuss before we get into it? I don't know. I thought you guys did a great job covering it, so I'm not sure I can add too much. Great answer, Elias. Great answer. Thank you. Absolutely phenomenal answer. So we're, (laughs) without further ado, we are going to hop to the steps. Let's go. Oh, baby. My favorite part of every day. This is my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) Let me cue up my nervous music. Okay. Oh, baby. Oh, there we go. That'll make it better. Um, So, Andy, you were very lucky, Elias, because we always say when we have a guest on the show, that guest gets to be your helper. And I'm not sure. Maybe Jeff Morton? Only person maybe more equipped to handle Denver Nuggets trivia than oh, Andy God. Feinstein. Rusty. Okay, this is great Rusty. then. Yeah, so you you have a real helper. <laughs> this is a literal cheat code. This is a yeah, I might code. I might just ride them all the way to the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you are coming on after who was it, Phil yesterday, who got a grand total of one question or two <laughs> one, questions one, correct? One, poor one question one correct. correct. <laughs> okay. So all right, here we go. So Andy, you can help him if you know the answer. If he asks for your help, but Elias, you have to be the one to give your answer. So here we go. Okay. Let me see if I can play this here. Ooh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous too. Question number one: What is the name of the arena that the Denver Nuggets play their home games? Uh, the Pepsi Center. 
Judges. That is correct. Oh, I can't All believe right. you answered so brazenly. You didn't even check in with Andy. You didn't even check in with your expert. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I was pretty confident with that one. <laughs> that's, what, that's what sunk somebody in the past. Question sure. number two. What number does Gary Harris wear? Uh, number 14. Judges? He's great. That is all, man. That is correct. Wow. 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 Where... Ooh, this one might this one might be really tough. <laughs> Actually, this one was specifically designed for Patrick, so I'm gonna skip that. Okay. Which nugget no which former Nuggets player went by the nickname Kmart? Uh Kenyon Martin. Guy, the man is on a roll. He needs no help. Oh. Number four. Number confusing. four. What former Nuggets player led the entire NBA in total points scored over the course of the 1980s? That would belong to the great Alex English. Man, Andy, you are just not needed here. We have a we have a ringer. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. That <laughs> <laughs> was number five. Now this Alex is for this is confident. for a sticker pack. Oh, you baby. get this one, you get a sticker okay. pack, and then you can February, get out of it. And then you can get out of it on February 15, 2018. Nikola Jokic set an NBA record for the fastest triple-double in NBA history. Who was the Nuggets' opponent? Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh. Man, he did Ooh. not hesitate. Nice. He knows his stuff. Elias, this is unbelievable. All right, so we, I have to offer it to you. If you want, you can take okay. the stipper pack, get out of here. <laughs> or you can risk it all, get five more right, and get a free T-shirt. I think I have to go for the t-shirt. You do have to do. Love it. Yeah. This is going to be a tough. What four-time All-Star joined the Denver Nuggets in free agency in 2017? Paul Millsap. God. So it's starting to get hard, though. Unreal. I'm telling you right now, it gets a little hard. Hard is a relative term. Are any of them hard for Elias? Yeah, not for Elias. Which medal? Did Nikola Jokic and the Serbian men's basketball team earn in the 2016 Olympics? Hmm. Yeah, you're right. It did get harder. <laughs> Don't forget you, your you have a helper. Andy. You have a helper yeah. right here if you need I him. I think I know it, but I'm not. I'll refer to you to see, and then we can gauge what it is afterward. Um, I think they won the silver. Silver? Okay. Okay, so for a fact, I know the USA won it. That's pretty easy to remember. You have to think is is no, this actually a... no, it's not the USA. I think it was either the USA or Spain. No, is this a slumdog millionaire situation? Oh, wow. Does Andy wa- does is Andy writing the wrong number on the mirror to give you the wrong answer, slumdog millionaire style, because he doesn't want to be usurped? <laughs> what he called was uh, the U.S. versus Spain in the gold medal game, one of the greatest, most underrated games ever, and it was the game where. Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, 2012 was the, no, that was that 08 where Kobe had to go off to beat Spain again. Man, yeah. I feel like I could help, but I, I just can't. All right, Elias, we need an answer. I think okay. Um, I'll go, we'll go silver. Oh, Andrew. Oh, he oh, got it. Wow. 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 wow! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Right. The you game is so much more tense when you yourself don't know the I answer. Know. <laughs> I know. So, so didn't didn't Serbia lose by like three points in the uh, group stage and then got blown out? Yeah, they got murdered game? in the gold medal yeah. game of the U.S. Uh, all right, number eight. 
Where did Paul Millsap attend college? Ooh. Okay. Uh, Louisiana Tech. Wow. No hesitation on that one. Shoot him. Right, can you guys name two other power forwards who went to Louisiana Tech? Wait, no, no ancillary questions. <laughs> I, like it. I, 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 I want to hear it, though. What's the list? The other two for Louisiana Tech? I have no clue. Is he out? Is that how it works? Yeah. <laughs> I don't White. even know if I'm Randy White. Who? Randy White. <laughs> Randy, Randy White. White. Okay. Okay, that's one. Mavericks in the 90s. You might just be making that name up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and a guy named Carl Malone. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, of course, Carl Malone. What about Ted Swanson? <laughs> All right, here's a tough one. Number nine. Okay. Who has the Denver Nuggets single season record for total block shots? My gut would tell me Dikembe. Because I feel like that's a pretty obvious, or not obvious, but, you know, the first guy I think of. But I do have a helper, so I, I would, you know, this might be one of those where yeah, I look to you. It's a wise man. But the fact that Adam's smirking makes you tell me it's not Matumbo. I think yeah. uh, I can't go off of Adam's smirks. Come on. <laughs> yeah, don't don't base anything off Adam's smirks. I can tell you from a <laughs> between Wayne Cooper and Marcus Canby. Um... Uh, I'm going to go with Marcus Camby. Camby is okay. So this is a single season, right? Single season. Single 07, season. 07, 08 when he won the Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, yeah, I remember that one. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll just we'll roll with Camby. Oh, no! Oh, oh, I can't believe it! Was it Matumbo? Guys... It was Dikembe Matumbo. No! Oh, Feisty's got to go. You got to bounce. Get him out of here. <laughs> Those are the rules. Unbelievable. Feisty, thank oh you so much for joining God. us, man. Right, was a lot of <laughs> go for it. You guys. In the history of the NBA, three players have won an MVP but have not appeared in the NBA Finals. I want you to think about who those three players are and you can answer it on the show tomorrow. Okay. Okay, that's well, we're, de- we're definitely gonna Google it, but okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Andy. Thanks, thanks, thanks Andy. Thanks for joining, thanks buddy. For Great on. show. Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Man, tough break for our guy Elias. I can't believe the worst part is that he himself gave the right answer, he and then Andy let him astray. Trust oh. yourself. Unbelievable. Oh, no. What did Andy say? Three players who won MVP who haven't made the NBA Finals. Yeah, one of yeah. them's Harden, right? Giannis. Oh no, did you, Giannis? Yeah, well, I mean, so yeah, he would be. Yeah, it seems like there'd be Harden, Harden right? Yeah, there? Giannis and Harden. So who's the third? Man, next on on team. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably, probably Martin uh, or Marcus Camby. I would think. Right? Yeah, it's Marcus Camby. Let's put Kendall one. Oh, Steve Nash. There we go. Oh, did we just get a? Also, we got like Russell Russell Westbrook has made the finals. Yes. Yeah, oh, um, never, but never ever made the finals. Not just coming. that year. What is our record? Is it nine? Oh, nine is the record. Nobody has gotten to ten, and this one was nine, so it's tied. This was a tie. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know what the three? You know what the worst part? The the hubris of all these guys. They have a sticker pack in their hands, <laughs> and the sticker packs are pretty sweet too. They're, well, they're very sweet. <laughs> oh gosh, I love the steps, but they are brutal. But you know what? It's better than if everybody was just to win it automatically. This, you know, when somebody gets that yeah. first shirt. They're yeah. going to be so proud. And then the funny thing is, if you fly through the 10, 
How tempted are you to go for 15? You have so to. so tempted. It's a good business model, too, because you really can't just be handing out shirts. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad, guys. We're, we're really yeah. got to be close with our shirts. It's good that nobody, uh, like, automatically wins every time, but I feel like people automatically lose every time. Is that bad? <laughs> oh, yeah. Harden did make the finals. Yeah, it can't be him. Russ oh, that's Harden. right. He was on the Thunder. So Giannis, Ru- Steve Russ made Nash. It as well, so it can't be him. This is a good trivia. Look, Andy, who knew he had the trivia? Well, we've got two, Giannis and Steve Nash. So the other one is probably played in 1963. It was probably uh, the guy that he mentioned that was the other from the guy from Louisiana Tech. Uh, can, I, can I mention one thing before? Because, because I want to. We had a conversation with Michael Malone today, right? And what was he wearing? Take that out on the way out. Take that, take that out. out on the way out. That's right. He's wearing the take that out on the way out. You know what's so uh, funny? And people then always like something like that always happens, and everyone's like, "Oh man, isn't that cool? Don't you feel great?" But I'm so broken inside; it doesn't mean it. like it doesn't feel like anything. I'm like, "Oh yeah, like, that's cool." There it is. <laughs> Derek. Yeah, Rose. there it is. Derek. Oh, my guy pneumonia came through. Him. You know, Malone picked out that shirt and like looked at his wife and he was like i'm wearing this on the live stream today (laughs) i love it man i respect it all right thanks so much everybody for tuning in we appreciate it we're gonna see you tomorrow night brand new episode all right really fun show today guys thanks for tuning in really enjoyed having andy feinstein on like i said at the jump just a wealth of nuggets knowledge present day past day 2009 especially so that was a lot of fun having him on the show today Green Mountain Dental Group, you guys know how we're big family people. We're, we're big on family at DNVR. Green Mountain Dental Group is the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area. They're extreme Colorado sports fans just like us too, so they really align with a lot of our core values. If you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they'll hook it up with a free Sonic Air toothbrush. Once you go electric, you never go back. Located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver, Green Mountain Dental Group. Remember, get a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. They'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush today.